Welcome back to listening to Radio Islam International. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So we now commence with the next surah from the beautiful Quran. And this is the surah called Surah An-Naml, which is the surah of the end. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Surah An-Naml is a Makki surah, which means it was revealed not necessarily in Makkah, but before Hijrah. A Makki surah is one uh, uh, easy way to remember what a Makki surah is and what a Madani surah is, is when Rasulullah uh, residence was in Mecca and he got revelation, then that would be regarded as a surah, which is a Makki surah. And when his uh, uh, residence was in Medina then his, uh, the, and he got revelation, then the surah will be regarded as a Madani surah. Or easier, before and after Hijrah, Makki before, Madani after. Surah An-Naml, the surah of the end, Makki surah, which uh, is obviously indicative of uh, the aqidah of a believer. All the Makki surahs, majority of the time, talk about the aqidah of a believer, the roots of our belief, and that is the tawheed, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, risala, uh, the messengership of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Ba'ath al-Nushur, which is the year after in resurrection. It's one of the, 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 the three surahs that was revealed in succession, meaning it was revealed all at once. And uh, it was placed specifically between Surah Shu'ara and Surah Qasas. So it's first Surah Shu'ara, Surah Namal, and then Surah Qasas, because, and the, 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 the Mufassirin mentioned this here, is because they all are on the more or less same program or method of thinking in terms of uh, it, its advices and in terms of its uh, ibrah, its lessons. And also it talks about uh, the, the, the stories of the people of the past, the ancient times. So we don't just talk about what's happening at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we'll also talk about uh, the times of Musa alayhi salam, the times of Sulaiman alayhi salam, and the other, sahaba, the other rather, anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. This surah contains many, 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 many mu'ajizat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It talks about many things from the, uh, from the Anbiya, Musa alayhi salam, Salih alayhi salam, Lut alayhi salam, and the nations and what happened to those nations. Uh, it also talks about in detail the story of Dawood alayhi salam and his son Sulaiman alayhi salam and what bounties Allah had blessed them with and what Allah favored them with in this dunya in terms of the Nubuwa. And just by the way, uh, the, the, the story of uh, Sulaiman alayhi salam, uh, the Mufassirin mentioned, فَقَدِ اتَّخَرَ سُلَيْمَانَ الْمُلْكُ وَسِيلَةً لِلْدَعْوَةِ إِلَى اللَّهِ Sulaiman alayhi salam didn't take on the kingdom of the entire world because he wanted the kingdom and he wanted the fame and he wanted the riches. The reason why he became a Nabi and because he got the, 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 the kingdom, is wasilatan lidda'wati ila Allah as a means to call people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's commence with the surah. We after Allah says Taseen. Only Allah knows the meanings of these words because these are the huruf muqatta'at. Tilka ayatul qur'ani wa kitabim mubin. Those are the verses of the Qur'an and the very clear book. The Qur'an is a means of guidance and is a form of clear tidings for those who believe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says is a means of guidance and clear tidings for the believers. 
The Mufassirin mentioned here that Allah chose the believers specifically, the mu'mineen specifically, to mention them, because they are the only ones who can take benefit from the Qur'an. These ayat, the Qur'an in the book, the clear book. Now Allah explains who is, who is the mu'mineen, right? Number one, the mu'mineen are those who perform salah. Mm. Those mm. who establish their salah and those that discharge their zakah. They just discharge their obligatory charity. And the third quality of a believer is that they have firm belief, firm yaqeen in the akhirah. Now I specifically talk about this here, the Mufassirin mentioned, they do not have any doubt, shak doubt in, or in any way of the akhirah in terms of the, 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 the life after death. And that's one of the main things, the main functions of our belief. The people who start uh, doubting the, the akhirah or doubting the akhirah, they, they, they obviously see themselves out of the fold of Islam. Mm-hmm. If you go one ayat back, Allah says, The Quran is a means of guidance and a form of glad tidings to the believers. So it is basically where Allah is guiding the believers to do the good things. And thereafter, Allah tells the believers of what rewards they will receive for the good things that they do. And that's the beauty of the Quran. Now Allah goes on to speak about those who disbelieve. After speaking about the believers, now Allah elaborates on those who don't believe. Certainly those who do not believe in the Akhirah. This is extremely scary. This ayat can give you shivers. Their actions, Allah, become beautified for them. And then they wander around like blind people in the world. So their actions, their sins now become beautified. Normally a state of insecurity would be a state where a person's actions and his values don't correspond. So he values good things, he values sobriety, he values a life of stability, but now he's caught up in drugs and instability. Now he becomes insecure about himself and it leads to self-condemnation. That's a life where your values and your lifestyle are not corresponding. Here, this is an extremely scary state because in the first state, a person will still be led to Toba. He would still be led to changing his life. Ya Allah says, lahum a'malahum. They, We have beautified for them their actions. So the actions of kufr, the actions of sin, now become toleratable for them. And they even become glorified for them. Because they're getting so caught up. And that's a point where Allah Jalla Jalalu is rejecting a person. For whom ya'mahoon. And then they will wander around this world like blind people. Not realizing their sin and continuing in their sin which is actually a very, very scary situation, which Allah is describing. In the, in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions blind people in different contexts. One word is amiya. This is ya'mahun. It comes from amiha, with a ha. And amiya is when you are blind in the eye. And amiha, this ya'mahun, this word ya, fahum ya'mahun, it means to be blind bil qalbi wal aql, in your heart and in your mind. In your heart, in your mind, not only in your eye. For them, they will receive the worst of punishments. 
وهم في الآخرة هم الأخسرون and the worst place to be a loser is not in Fortnite is not in uh, Call of Duty is not in soccer the worst place to be a loser وهم في الآخرة in the آخرة هم الأخسرون the worst of losers Allah mm-hmm. didn't say خاص just losers Allah said the worst of losers mm-hmm. then Allah goes on after saying that they will be the worst of losers now Allah speaks to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَإِنَّكَ لَتُلَقَّ الْقُرْآنَ Certainly you are the one who, have be, who has been given the Qur'an from the side of Milladun Hakimin Alim, from the side of the all-wise and the all-knowing. You have been given the Qur'an from the side of the all-wise and the all-knowing, the one who knows what's the best for mankind, the one who gives the clear guidance, and he has sent the Qur'an to you as a manual for life. You know, one of the trademarks of a human being is he never feels worthy enough to do something great. So obviously Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is being told that لَتُلَقَّ uh, Quran indeed you will, you will accept responsibility for this Quran. مِلَّدُنْ حَكِيمٍ From the side of the one who's all wise. I've, I have wisdom in what I've done. And in, in, in these ayat where they say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hakim, they always talk about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hikmah, his wisdom, as well as how he plans for his creation. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala بِتَدْبِيرِهِ فِي خَلْقِهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan for his creation. So Allah's planning for that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to take on this responsibility was the best of plans, the best of people to take on the responsibility of taking the Qur'an. Alim, the all-knowing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on further and says, إِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِأَهْلِهِ إِنِّي آنَسْتُ نَارًا Musa alayhi salam was on a journey. He was traveling from, and the Mufassirin say he was traveling from Madian to, to, to Egypt. And uh, on his way there, he's, uh, he's, he noticed a fire, and he told his, fa- he told his wife, he told his family, it's called Musa, he said to his family, Musa salam, said to his family, Inni anastunara, I notice, I perceive, I can sense a fire that's, that's, uh, that's ahead of us. And the Mufassirin mentioned that, That they deviate, it, it, to get to the fire, you have to deviate a bit from the road, you have to deviate a bit from the road and at the same time his wife had just gotten into labor pains mm. I will come to you from this fire with some news to tell you whether or not it's a fire whether it's just you know in the desert you just see things or whatever oh I will come to you with some fire so either there's going to be nothing there and I'll just give you some news of whatever was whatever was light there because it doesn't look like fire but it seems like fire from a distance or whatever it is. So I'll come to you with this uh, with a bit of the fire and you'll gain some warmth from it. So when now Musa السلام, had come to this fire, Mufasirin just pause here and they, they have a whole light up with regards to what had happened in this in this part of the story. Uh, when when Musa salam reached the place where the fire was, he seen a, a it was sight at this time. So actually, it was actually uh, he, it created fear in him uh, when he saw the fire blazing on a tree on a very green. Tree. In fact, it was blazing inside the tree. The fire was just looking as if it's just increasing in flames, in blazing. And the, the tree itself was looking as if it was getting more and more lush from this fire. And the Mufassirin mentioned here that we lifted up his head and all he could see was nur. 
It wasn't actually a fire. Ibn Abbas says it. It wasn't a real, real fire. It wasn't a physical fire. It was just a. It was just a light, a nur that was raised from the from the the the, the tree up until the heavens. Mudajjiban. It was amazing. It was amazing for Musa alayhi salam. Okay, it seems like we lost uh, Sheikh Shakir. No, no, I'm back with you. Back with okay. you. So, so, so where did you left off? Uh, left. Um, where did you leave off? I had some Wi-Fi issues whilst we were on the phone. When Musa alayhi salam. Yeah. So, 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 Musa alayhi salam, he seen this fire and he said to his wife, so maybe once I go to this fire, I can come back with some news. Because according to some tafsirs, they were actually lost at this point. So he thought he could get some direction from there. And also to bring some warmth for his wife. And that's why he went out in search for this fire. But now when he went there, Allah had a greater plan. When he reached the fire, it seemed like it was this fire, but it was a lush green tree. And from it, there was a something that seemed like a flame. Now there's a contradiction here because there's a green tree. And then there's a flame from a green tree, and this tree continues to be green despite there being a fire. So there's some sort of a contradiction, and the ulama say that it wasn't actually a fire, and I don't know if you mentioned these things earlier, but anyway, I was cut off a bit. But anyway, he gets here. When he gets to the fire, Nudia, he is called, it is called, right, to Musa alayhi salam, Amburika man fin nari Blessed be the one in the fire, and those surrounding as well. So Musa alayhi salam is coming close to the fire. He is within the surroundings of the fire. And Allah is making a dua for him. Or Allah is giving him acknowledgement. And Allah is saying, Blessed be Musa alayhi salam. And women hawlaha, the angels as well, who are around in this most amazing sight. Where Musa alayhi salam is referred to as Kalimullah, one of his greatest titles, is the one who spoke to Allah. Here on this occasion, he now gets to speak to Allah for the first time. So blessed be the one who is in the fire in reference to Musa alayhi salam. And the angels around. And glory be to Allah, the Lord of the universes. Now Musa alayhi salam, imagine there's this light. And now a voice speaking to him from inside. Imagine how confusing it may be. What is happening here at this point? He has not yet received prophethood. Then Allah introduces himself. Ya Musa, O Musa, innahu anallahul azizul hakim. Verily, I am Allah. The being speaking to you now is Allah. I am Allah, al-aziz, the almighty, al-hakim, the all-wise. And this is the start of the conversation between Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam and Allah jalla jalala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm just going to take you a bit back. And he says, وَسُبْحَانَ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Glory be to the one who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the world. The Mufassirin mentioned here that, that uh, subhanallah, it means glory be to Allah, but it also means Allah is free from blemishes. That's Allah that is the Lord of the world. And the Mufassirin mentioned here, That blessed be the one, or glory be to the one, who nothing can take his form. Nothing can take Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's form from his creation. Not in his being, not in his qualities, and nor in his actions. No one can take Allah's form. Why this is important is because 
Allah saying it to Musa salam, so that he knows that I, it, it is actually Allah speaking. It's not someone speaking from behind a tree or an idol or whatever it is. It's actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking. He lived in a time where someone was claiming to be Allah. So of course Allah needed to make sure that he understood that you are actually talking to Allah and you're not talking to anybody else. Ya Musa, inna huwa Allahul azizul hakim. O Musa, indeed I am Allah. The most almighty and the all wise. Again, all wise came here. And it came when it when Allah spoke to uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That now you're going to be getting the Quran and I'm all wise and I chose you for a reason. Now you're going to be the Nabi and I'm all wise and I chose you for a reason. Now throw down your stick, your staff. Musa alayhi salam, obviously they were shepherds. They, they, they would walk around with staffs. And uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to, to throw it down. And when he saw his staff after he threw it down, it was moving and shaking as if it was a snake. The, the, the nature of man is when they see something like this here, they turn away and they run, they get scared, fear. Immediately Musa salam, when he seen this, he turned around, he ran away, he didn't even look back. He turned away, ran away, and he didn't even look back. Ya Musa, la taqaf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Oh Musa, don't fear. Don't fear. Why shouldn't why shouldn't Musa alayhi salam fear? Mufassirin mentioned, because bi you must not fear when you are in the presence of Allah. There's only one person to fear, and that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And why also shouldn't you fear in the presence of Allah? Is because whoever's in the presence of Allah is safe and secure. Mm. And then Allah goes on to speak about his relationship with the Prophet. So when we speak about Allah, we should not describe Allah as a tyrant being. Because Nabi Ibadi Anni Anal Ghafur Rahim say to my servants that certainly I am the most forgiving and the most merciful. And say to them that my punishment is the most painful punishment as well. So there's a balance in understanding Allah as the most merciful, the most forgiving, and then at the same time the most severe in punishment. So it's not all punishment, nor is it all mercy where you could have hope without any action. Or ne- nor can you, can you continuously stay in a state of fear. We need to understand who Allah is. Because Allah speaks about his relationships with the close ones. He says, O Musa, do not fear. Before that, Allah tells Musa salam, not to fear. The Anbiya have no fear in my presence. So the Anbiya, those associated with the Anbiya, those who do righteous deeds, they have no fear when they're in the presence of Allah. In fact, it's the safest of places when they're in the presence of Allah. Illa man dhalama. Except this person who does wrong deeds, then he must fear in the, in the company of Allah because there's consequences for his sins. But then Allah even gives hope to that person. Then he changes his sins into good deeds after doing evil. Certainly Allah is most forgiving, Allah is most merciful. So in the company of Allah, there is hope. In the company of Allah, there is forgiveness. When Musa threw his stick down and it started to vibrate and move and come alive, in those moments he wanted to run away. And then Allah reassured Musa when you're in the company of Allah, there's no reason to fear. In the Anbiya, those who do good deeds, they will have less to fear or they won't have anything to fear. For that reason, when we visit the Maqbara, the Qabristan, 
We look at how narrow a grave is and you become fearful that you're going to put my body into this very narrow space and sand will be put above. It's very scary. If you think of Qiyama, it sounds very scary. But the principle here is simple. Those who maintain a good relationship with Allah, they do the right thing, then the grave is not a scary place because they'll be in the companionship of Allah. Qiyama is not a scary place because they'll be in the companionship of Allah. But it all depends on our relationship with Allah. So the main thing is that whenever we do wrong, and we will always do wrong, we should try to turn back and make those evil deeds into good deeds. Always substitute the evil for the good. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Musa salam one miracle and that's of the staff being turned into a snake. And the second miracle is, O oh Musa salam, put your hand into your, 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 the, the, the part of your, your, your shirt that's like a pocket and it was on the, the, the chest part of Musa salam. It will come out white, glimmering and shining like a light without any sickness, without any illness, without any uh, white lover, should I say. It, it's, it, it, it's, it's just nur from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's side where it's glimmering and it's shining and it's not any sickness that's going to be on your hand. And these two signs are among nine signs which are going to be presented to Fir'aun and his, his people. Indeed, they are a transgressful nation. Mm-hmm. So Allah was sending Sayyidina Musa salam to Fir'aun, now to give da'wah to Fir'aun. And in a very rapid, short manner, Allah summarizes this entire thing and then moves on to Musa alayhi salam standing in front of Fir'aun. But in Surah Ash-Shu'ara, Allah speaks in much more detail and I'll just run through it quickly what had happened when Musa alayhi salam stood in front of Fir'aun, right? Uh, when Allah said, Musa When we said to Musa alayhi salam, go to the oppressive people Fir'aun, Qawm of Fir'aun, the people of Fir'aun, are they not fearful of Allah? Musa alayhi salam then said to Allah, Allah, I fear if I go to Fir'aun, they are going to belie me. They won't accept my truth. And I'll become nervous and I'll experience anxiety and my chest will be tight. And I won't be able to speak. So send my brother Harun with me. And they have a case open to me. Open against me. Remember Musa salam had an altercation and in the process somebody was killed. So now they have a case against me and I fear that they will kill me. Never go with our signs and we will be with you and we will be listening. So Musa salam went and he, he addressed Fir'aun. He said, Inna Rabbil Certainly we too are the messengers from the Lord of the universes. And he meets immediately he addresses him saying, An Arsil Mahana Bani Israel. Liberate the people of Banu Israel, don't oppress them, send them with us. And then an argument ensues between Fir'aun and Musa alayhi salam, where Fir'aun says, Alam no Rabbika fina walida. Did we not raise you from your childhood? Walabitta fina min umrika sinin. And you stayed with us for so many years. And wafa'alta fa'alata kalati fa'alta wa anta min al kafirin. And then you're ungrateful towards us and you did whatever you did against us. 
Then after that, Musa alayhi salam continued with his conversation with him. And he said, فَفَرَرْتُ مِنْكُمْ لَمَّا خِبْتُكُمْ I have, I ran away and whatever I did may seem like it's wrong. And I did it while I didn't have the guidance which I have today. But when I ran away, I ran away because I feared what you were going to do to me. And now Allah gave me wisdom and Allah made me from amongst the prophets. And Musa alayhi salam starts to invite Fir'aun. But eventually when he shows his miracles to them, and we move back to Surah Namal, and now when he shows the miracles, he puts his hand under his, under his armpit or at his collar area or the pocket area, and it comes out radiant, and he throws his stick, and he turns into a snake. And all of this, now Allah speaks about the reaction in a very concise manner in just two ayats. Allah summarizes what happens. فَلَمَّا جَاءَتْهُمْ آيَاتُنَا مُبْسِرَةً when our signs came to them as very clear things, opening the eyes, they said, no, this is obvious magic. Why magic? What is magic? Magic is an illusion of your eyes. So you're veiling a person's eye to reality and showing him something which is distorted. Hypnosis, you're taking a person out of his normal senses and you're showing him a distorted or alternate version of reality. So here they're saying that Musa's hand has not become radiant. The stick has not become a snake. It's magic, meaning he's doing an illusion over our eyes to make us make it seem like it's something when it isn't actually that. And one of the reasons why Musa was given these miracles that seemed like magic, which it wasn't actually magic, by the way, it seemed like the magic they, they were using is because in those times the, the, the popular thing was magic, was black magic, and was, you know, a, a tricking of the eyes, sleight of hand, all of those things there. So when they seen it, all they said was, in fact, listen to this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that these people said that this is just open magic. We can see this is clearly in magic. And they refuted this, uh, these miracles of Musa alayhi And they were convinced that whilst 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 they refused they refuted Musa salam's miracles, they were convinced with these signs though. The nafs understood that these were the right things. They started having yaqeen that Musa salam had these miracles. But at the same time they have to refute it. And the, the one of the definitions of jahadu, jahad to refute, it's inkarul haqid vahir to to refute open truth. It's clear truth. You can see mm-hmm. it's truth. White is white, black is black. You can see. I'm telling you white is white. You're saying, no, it's not white. We it's have to say to the definition of takabur, denying yeah. the truth. Mm. They did it out of oppression and they did it out of takabur. Uluwa mm. seek now to be higher than someone else. They couldn't see someone else be higher than them. That they had better magic than them. That they had better, well, it's not magic, it's like a miracle that looked like their magic, but better. Now look, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now turning our eyesight. Look at the, the, the end result of those who were mufsid, those who were open sinners. Mm-hmm. You see, the, Allah mentioned something very, very interesting here. If you look at the case of the Jews of Medina, they knew that Rasulullah was in truth. But Hasadam uh, in India and Fusihim, because of the pride within their hearts, they didn't accept Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
the spiritual maladies within a heart prevents a person from accepting the truth. Here in this case here, they wajahadu biha, they argued with Musa alayhi salam, was taqanat ha anfusuhum, and their hearts were actually becoming convinced by the message of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, dhulma wa uluwa, in misguidance, and because of a high position, because of pride, right? Now if you look at Surah Ash-Shu'ara, Allah says, يُرِيدُ أَنْ يُخْرِجَكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِكُمْ بِسِحْرِهِ Fir'aun was very intimidated by the Banu Israel. And he was concerned that if he follows Sayyidina Musa salam, there's a possibility that it will jeopardize his position of dominance. So he's saying to his people that the reason Musa and Harun are coming to you because يُرِيدُ أَنْ يُخْرِجَكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِكُمْ بِسِحْرِهِ They're trying to remove you of the land using their magic. فَمَاذَا تَأْمُرُونَ What's your opinion in the way we deal with them? So they knew it's the truth. But there's a possibility that if we accept this truth, then we will become equals. We'll be following the same religion and we will lose our dominance on us. That brings us to the end of the Ruku. Any final thoughts, Malana Wasim? No, but uh, you know the, the story of Musa is something we can really get into because Musa salam's story is one of the, the, the most spoken about stories in the Quran. Hmm. Interesting to go through like each each point in Musa alayhi salam's life. So it's very interesting.